Welcome to episode 9 of the Peeps and Plaid podcast. I'm Christian Gamalin. I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer, and we're talking all things Blazer basketball. So, happy new year, happy new Nurk. We're coming fresh off an historic 2025 x 5 for Yusuf Nurkic in an overtime win on New Year's Day against the Kings. We've been nine games since our last episode. The Blazers went six and three in that time. So we'll go over all nine games and we'll talk about some other great stat lines in recent Blazer history. Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brain spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven so. You can catch us on the road, promise we ain't doing shows. So that means if you ain't... So Austin, let's uh, get started with the first game since our last episode. It was... December seventeenth against the Clippers. What were your thoughts on that game? Well, yeah, so that was a that was a win, one thirty one to one twenty seven. So it's always good to start off our episode with a with a win. Um, you know, uh, Dame had nineteen in the third quarter, um, and then we had that really interesting uh, flagrant with Montrez Harrell. He had with seven minutes left in the fourth, um, where he had that kind of the high elbow swing. So um, you know, he was he was contributing for them. Uh, he wasn't you know, the, the lead dog in that game by any means, but he was definitely contributing and had that ejection. And then, um, you know, just kind of down the, down the line, we had Dame hit kind of a, a step back jumper. Then, uh, CJ had that mid range kind of icer of the game. And then, um, Danilo had a three he came back with that three, uh, kind of at like a 30, it was pretty, a, kind of a deep bomb. And then, um, SGA, uh, Gildish Alexander had, um, kind of a, a shot to go ahead at the buzzer and just kind of didn't sh- seal the deal on that one. But, you know, I really like what he's doing for that team. I think Gildish Alexander is going to be a, a star in this league and he's, he's had a, a pretty good rookie year. Yeah. I mean, uh, Gildish Alexander's definitely been doing really well. It's, uh, cool to see him do that well, especially with how deep the bench is for Clippers guards. But yeah, that, that game was close all around. Um, it was close for like um basically the whole game but then the blazers ended up up 15 after the third quarter so the blazers were kind of running away with it and then the clippers came back and made it super close at the end they were like within one and then the blazers were able to hit one more shot to separate it um because they were yeah it was 128 127 then it ended 131 127 uh so yeah i mean it's it's great to win in la it's against the Clippers, who are still in the thick of the playoff race. They're still beating contenders, so it was really awesome to get that win, especially with Dane's 19 in the third quarter. So next, the Blazers went on to beat the Grizzlies 99-92 to at home, uh, so in Portland. What were your thoughts on that game? The Grizz uh, came in losing nine of their last 13, I'd heard when watching some of those highlights and Dame had Dame had a solid 24 so that's pretty pretty solid contribution from him and he and he did end the game with a pretty big shot you know it was kind of just a solid win you know we went back and forth and Jackson I think is getting a lot more playing time than even I anticipated um you know I knew he was a NBA ready guy forward but you know he had he had 16 um and five and then Conley had a had a solid 23 he had actually four uh three pointers in the second quarter alone. So Conley was definitely on too. It was kind of a battle just between Lillard and, and Conley for the most part of that game. I think Marcus All was pretty much um, null and void for the most of that game, um, especially on offense. Uh, he was just kind of not there. Yeah. So I don't know. Did you did you see that when you, when you were watching that? It seemed like he was just like, he's, I mean, he's definitely been on the decline for a minute, but 
He was he was non-existent. Yeah. He was not existent on their offense. Yeah, I honestly, yeah, I didn't really notice Mark Gasol in that game. Uh, the big thing for me was definitely Mike Conley, but also Jaron Dra- Jackson. I had watched a, a game or two of the Grizzlies earlier in the season, and I was noticing that Jaron Jackson wasn't really living up to you know a top pick in the draft. I think it was the yeah it was the fourth pick. He just didn't seem to be playing at that level. And in this game, I noticed, I was like, actually, this guy's pretty dang good. And I've noticed he's been doing pretty well recently. That Grizzlies game, Grizzlies were winning for most of the game, pretty much up until the fourth quarter. But luckily, the Blazers were able to pull away with it, win a close one at home against the, you know, they're not really the grit and grind Grizzlies that they used to be, but um, they definitely have some aspects to that. Mike Conley plays in your face defense. so um, Absolutely. So then... Next game, the Jazz destroyed us in Portland, 120-90, to a 30-point loss. Uh, so what were your thoughts on that game? Oh, I mean, that was that's really interesting because, you know, when we were kind of talking before we um, started the started the recording here, um, we, we talked about, um, you know, overall, I think, did you say it was 6-3 and three we were in, in the span of this recording and the games we're covering? Yeah. I, and, you know, the thing I had noticed beforehand that I didn't really mention was, you know, we had two blowouts involved in this. One a win, one a loss. So we had a good blowout and a bad blowout. And then we had two losses came to Utah. And, yeah. you know, they're not they're, – they've been slacking at least in the earlier part of the season. And so those are those are two things that kind of stuck out to me, oddly enough. I was like, well, you know, it's we ended up 6-3, and three, yes. and But if you would have told me that we had two – if we – I don't know. If you would have just told me beforehand nothing about the, the wins and just said we have two losses to Utah, I would say, oh, man, you know. That's not good. We mm. play them twice, so I mean, if we're about to play Golden State and Philly, and you know, granted, you know, Embiid was out, I, I would have probably not been too optimistic. But you know, so Crowder had three threes in the first uh, quarter, um, and then you know it was fifty-five, fifty-one at the beginning of the second uh, half. So it yeah. just, it just, they really just ran away with it. Rubio was pretty much non-existent, and then he ends up going for twenty-four points eight assists and two rebounds to finish the game and then Corver Corver yeah. has clearly been a good signing for them when he ends with 18 points and and and, and mm. then I mean how are you gonna how are you gonna stop that when Ingles comes with 15 and you know it's that's that's a that's a team effort right there and you know pretty much all we had gotten was um you know no blazer with more than 20 points Dame Dame has <laughs> 19 and then CJ and ET each had 12. So, yeah, you know, that's that that's pretty much the story on that. Yeah, I mean, unless the other three starters are, you know, in that 12 to 18 point range, if Dame and CJ both don't get 20, there's a serious problem there, you know? I mean, it's almost impossible to win if neither of them get 20, and then especially if those other three starters aren't up there, because... Aminu and Harkless had five and four, so you're really not getting any great contributions from the other starters, and the bench weren't playing great basketball either. I see that Myers had nine points. I mean, the biggest guy was Evan Turner with 12, but Myers had nine, and everything after him was five or less, and that's probably during garbage time, so not impressive. Uh, You definitely want to see Damon CJ do better, Um, but they did better in a lot of the other games uh, throughout this time, so it's you know it's it's kind of an anomaly uh but the jazz 
have given us problems in the past. They're they're a contender. They're like eleventh in the West right now, but they're still a contender. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah, it's it's scary how many teams are close, and then the great teams are still down there. What's crazy is the Rockets are ahead of us now. Yeah, they finally they, they jumped definitely, up. James Harden is. They definitely figured something out, huh? Dude, James Harden is demolishing right now. He's like, what is it, like nine straight games of like... 40, he's just dropping 40-piece after 40-piece right now, dude. Yeah, and like 40-piece triple-doubles. <laughs> it's just crazy. So yeah, but that Jazz game, I mean, considering the rest of the games that we have, it's not that terrible. But it just sucks to look at. I mean, 120 to 90, Dame and CJ both under 20 points, other starters under 10 points, just not something you want to see uh but we'll we'll move on uh the blazers played the mavs this is a game i had tickets to but i ended up going to california for christmas so i uh wasn't able to go to that game but it was an awesome one there was a lot of good dunks dunks by myers dunks by nurk dunks by dame it was just really fun game stayed close pretty much throughout and luka Doncic, this guy is killing he's not playing like a rookie whatsoever he's taking hard shots hitting game winners, getting assists. He's getting boards, just like LeBron, like doing everything. And uh, he hit a three-pointer that was reminiscent for me to Dame's .9 second buzzer beater to beat the Rockets. He was like, this one he was in the corner, but he's in the corner, fading away, heavy defense on him, and he, he like throws it way up. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes down, and he hit it. He, hit, he sent the, the game to overtime. Luckily, the Blazers were able to win it by three, but that was just a great game fun to watch tons of dunks do you have any other thoughts on that one yeah i mean that dallas game was crazy right i mean that that out of that three that falling out of bounds three that was just so when that goes you, you just got to be like throw your hands up and just be like <laughs> well you know we're going to ot but that was another thing I, I think i forgot to mention earlier that i noticed was we had two overtime uh wins um so that's big yeah. in this in this stretch of games here so no we had three Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, so I have I have Sacramento <laughs> last night. I have Dallas on the 23rd, and then who's who am I who am I missing? The Warriors. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm completely Dude. spaced out on that. Sorry about that. No, no biggie. Just crazy that there's three of them, right? Yeah. So I think I mean that's that's huge. That's very telling of our team. Even though the West is so tight, I think that that's very indicative of of um, where we're trying to take this thing. Even even though it's competitive like this, how it is this year. So, you know, in that game specifically, the Mavs uh, came in with a five-game losing streak, so they really wanted to get something going. So I was actually kind of surprised that we took that one. Barnes, you know, uh, he I think he had, I want to say, 27. Um, I might need to check that. But they went on a 13-2 run in the last couple minutes in regulation, and then Luka just hit that crazy three. Thank goodness Dame had 33, and we were able to pull it out in, in overtime. But, you know, that was just... Luca really, even though he was stellar on offense and has continued to be stellar this year, he was getting pretty much bullied on defense. If if you go back and watch mm. that film, he he's he is really gonna have to figure something out on that side of the ball, especially if he's been a professional for a couple of years. I know his body still probably has to develop, but he is uh, he he got kind of physically out outmanned on defense. He definitely can make up for that first step with with his length on offense because he knows where he's going and that before the defender does, but. When it's the flip flop, he's he's a lot of guys are more athletic than him in the NBA. He's just very very skilled for that big of a of a guy, and 
that's that's a type of athleticism, but not you know in the traditional sense of the word. Yeah, I, I got to look into his defense a little more because I mean obviously it's something you can overcome. Damian Lillard, for years, was known for being terrible at defense, and now he's getting defensive team votes. So I mean, hopefully. I mean, he's definitely improved quite a bit, but hopefully Dame continues to improve. But I think Doncic, I think he'll continue to improve. It's probably tough for him to keep up with the quick guards um, that he's stuck guarding a lot. But they'll, I think they'll probably over the years find a good niche for him for when he should switch uh, and when he should stick with the guards and all that. Yeah. But I'll definitely be paying attention to Doncic on defense. Just with some more athletic... What's some more athletic front courts maybe against like for example like the Pelicans Julius Randle and 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 new and obviously Anthony Davis you're never gonna stop him but just saying like when you can't when <laughs> you're gonna have to get a forward or a wing and you're him Julius Randle is gonna athletic athletically dominate him uh, right now currently but that like like yeah. you said that could that could very easily change but uh, the next yeah. game the next game was uh, against Utah it was at Utah yeah Christmas. I didn't watch this game, I'm being honest. It was Christmas, and I was enjoying Christmas. But the Blazers lost to the Jazz. All I know is I predicted this at the start of the season. I've had a lot of predictions that have gone right at the start of the season. I predicted we'd beat the Lakers in opening night and lose to the Jazz on Christmas. And the Blazers had a shot. I mean, there's there's no reason to say they didn't, but at home on Christmas. Jazz hadn't hosted a Christmas game in who knows how long. They're going to put everything they can to win that game. So it sucks to lose it. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that game? Well, you know, that was our that was our second bad loss to Utah. Yeah. That was not good. So that means that's another big player in the game in regards to just playing us. You know, just because they might not be in a player in the game with some other teams in the West doesn't mean that we don't have to worry about them in the playoffs. So, we, yeah. I mean, we found that out with New Orleans. We were, I think we pretty much almost split the series regular season, but then they just were a matchup even in, even when it was just postseason. So if these guys are giving us problems right now in the regular season, let's hope it's something that we can figure out on film, you know, before we get too far into this thing and we're able to uh, kind of pull out and work on the rest of the um, season series. But Gobert dominated. He had 18 and he had seven blocks. So he was just dominant. I mean, and you could tell that even just not even looking at the box score, box score. If you just kind of watch some play-by-play highlights, you could tell people just weren't trying to really go down low on him. You know, there was 19 points from uh, Spida. So Donovan Mitchell had a nice little contribution. But really, once again, it was just kind of an overall effort. And CJ was 4 for 14. So he just kind of had been on a, a, a couple down games here recently. And it looked like that's been figured out relatively not behind the arc here still still struggling behind the arc but you know four for 14 from cj and then overall team effort was seven blocks from gobert it's going to be tough to win that game in utah it's kind of sucky to lose two one at home one away it's understandable to lose one away but we only have two more games against them and if we win both we can split the series but if we lose just one more then they have the playoff tiebreaker against us so gotta no bueno gotta hope we can win both of them because i mean Jazz are going to be working their way back into the playoff picture, I'm sure. This is true. This is true. Yeah. We want to we want to definitely go ahead and take care of it. And you know, so the next game I think we were in Oracle and it was on Manut yes. Ball Manut Ball night, huh? Yeah, it was it was I was really confused about that. Maybe I just missed the beginning of the game or something, but they were all wearing Manute Bowl, but then they were talking about like 80s night coming up, and it seemed like they were referring to Manute Bowl in that. I was really confused. I don't know. Um, 
But I was in California watching that with my family of Warriors fans, and it was amazing to watch. Uh, at the start of the fourth quarter, my brother said, this game's over. And I looked at him like, dude, hang on, quit. That is a very Dan, That's a, I can totally see Dan saying that. <laughs> I can see yes, Dan saying exactly. that. exactly. Dan, I'm calling you out. I was like, dude, stop counting your chickens before they hatch. This is the Warriors. Let's be realistic here. One of the greatest teams in NBA history. They are the remnants of the best regular season team in history. They added an MVP to it. Obviously, they've had some struggles this year. Uh, but they have three of the top 15 shooters in NBA history. I think it would be hard to argue against that. Three top 15 shooters in NBA history. If they start hitting shots, they can make their way back into any game. That's so fair. never count them out, especially at home. Warriors were able to force their way into overtime, just like I thought they would have a chance to fight their way back into it. But the Blazers were able to win it. They squeaked one out. Dame hit a game winner. He won what is probably going to be his last NBA game in Oakland. Well, actually, playoffs. Playoffs are possible. And and can you illum- can you illuminate that on that uh, subject here for some of our uh, viewers as well as myself because I think what they're just they're just gonna be they got a new arena here taking place somewhere else in the Bay or what's going on? Yeah, Chase Arena in San Francisco. I'm okay, sure that's what it's called. Might be mixing it up. Yeah, Chase Arena in San Francisco. Big beautiful arena. I didn't get to go to San Francisco when I was down there. I was going to, but I didn't get to. But I was hoping to see that. But yeah, Oracle isn't going to be hosting the Warriors anymore, so they'll be in San Francisco. They're going to keep the name Golden State now that they have a dynasty down there. But yeah, yeah. So well, and you know game... that was so that was Seth's first game as a pro against his bro. Uh, yeah, Curry on Curry. Yeah, so uh, well, I mean, sorry, first game uh, as first win. I'm sorry, I didn't. I slipped up right there. I couldn't read my own handwriting. That was his first win. As a pro, he's already played played on multiple occasions, but so he that okay. was his first win against his bro as a pro, and you know Nurk um, definitely took advantage of the mismatch against Draymond with 27 points, and you know on the on the same note of Seth, you know he had 11 against his brother in the fourth quarter, so that definitely helped down the stretch, and you know backpack shooting Draymond still hit that huge three, his only three, for, I mean sorry his first three. He had, a, I think he might have had another one or two in OT, but his first three came in the corner in OT, um, big time. And then you know Dame just had that go ahead three really in the corner, um, and then KD missed that shot, his shot. I even wrote here in emphasis, emphasis his shot um, that even the announcer said. If, if you're watching the, I I don't know if it was the local broadcast or the national broadcast, but they said you know that's that's a shot that Kevin Durant's gonna make nine out of ten times or eight out of ten times. But my buddy next yeah. to me goes, that's nine out of ten times usually, but. So that was yeah. that was a that was a, a crazy game to watch. I was texting my girlfriend the whole time, and um, just she was just just as shocked as, as I was, just listening and reading my description of what was going on and saying, "Oh my gosh, you know we're going to overtime." So that was a that was yeah. a good game. I mean, it's just very promising to see the Blazers beating the best team in the league in overtime. Like they had the lead pretty large. Sucks to lose that lead, but to be able to win it once it's close, that that was awesome, especially for Dame's potentially last game in Oakland, so that's really cool. Uh, so then, Curry on Curry round two, Warriors came to Portland right after that. Unfortunately, I predicted it. I was like, there's no way the Warriors are going to let us beat them twice in a row. Warriors were able to win by 10. It was still a fairly close game. They were up by like 
8 to 15 for most of the last two quarters, but we kept on fighting our way back into it a little bit. But yeah, I mean, Warriors were able to win it, unfortunately. It was Curry's. Curry had a down game, Seth Curry did. So unfortunately, that was a factor in it, considering he only had three points. But yeah, Seth's been playing pretty well, though. He, he played pretty well in Oracle, and he had a pretty dang good game. Last night against the Kings, I don't know how he did in the second yeah. half, honestly. But I was. That's really a very good point to half. make. That's a very good point to make because I was definitely throwing shade to him earlier in the season when when it was really just the sauce show for a minute, and then he's yeah. kind of dwindled. Meanwhile, yeah. and Curry has kind of stepped up a little bit more than I mean, he was a bus- he was you know doing nothing, but yeah. so anything's a step up. But he's actually been really he's actually contributing uh, at this point. So. Yeah, you know, and we actually did get a win, Christian. We did get a win there in that game of, of some sort. Did you? Didn't you hear? What's that? Tell me. It was it was Dame got the uh, assist of the month award from the NBA. Oh, really? Isn't that isn't that nice? Nice. That's awesome. So I think he I think he did something. I, I was listening to Lamar Heard when the game first started, and I think he did something with the local uh, community parks here uh, in Portland. So. Um, I shouldn't even say here. I'm, I'm down in Arizona, but in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Hurd. I've been loving him. It's so much fun watching Lamar Hurd. I was yeah, the, you know, uh, I really, I really thought that once they took away Mike and Mike, I thought it was gonna be a just not ever gonna be the same for me watching Blazers games. But they've him and Collab Bro are definitely a good pair. Yeah, I mean, Mike and Mike were great. I'm I'm not gonna throw any shade at them whatsoever. They did great, but yeah, I've I've been really enjoying. Lamar Hurd and Kevin Calabro. It's just it's just a different feel to it, and I just loved Lamar Hurd last night at the uh, Kings game. They were like showing his Instagram post or something, and he like had a million hashtags on it, and I don't know. It's just fun. Sometimes they just get talking about some of their relationship stuff as a broadcast team, and they just keep going. It's really fun to watch. Yeah, and you know we got to they got to wear the new jerseys. The Blazers got to wear the new jerseys and. Katie and Steph port, both poured on 25 each. So And then Clay had the what I consider to be, a lot of people said in games prior that he had a comeback game with like 15 points and whatnot, but I don't, I don't consider that. I think his 32 on the 29th um, was definitely his quote-unquote comeback game. And then uh, Iggy got ejected at the half. Remember when he threw that ball into the stands? Yeah. So um, that that's yeah, interesting. That's but... Yeah, and then we played Philly. We got the win uh, with Philly at the Moda Center, I believe. Um, we we mop we mopped them. Yes. So I was there. It was dominant throughout. So um, you know, in the first quarter, we ended up two, but then at the half, we were up by what is that? Shoot, I can't do math. We were up seventy to forty-one. Yeah, I think I could do math. 70 to 41. We were just slaughtering them like from halftime on. It's like, are they going to come back at all? I went into that game thinking, oh man, second game of a back-to-back. Mo Harkless isn't playing. We're against one of the best teams in the East. I don't see us winning this. And then I was like, wait, Embiid isn't playing? So when I found out Embiid wasn't playing, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put this like 50-50. And oh my gosh. The, the Sixers could not hit anything. Like... My goodness. I, I watched games against the Timberwolves and the Nuggets earlier this season, and any open three-pointers, they were hitting them. 76ers, they had open shots all over the floor, and they were missing everything. It was ridiculous. One thing, before the game, they had Jake Lehman set to start. That was my understanding, at least. They switched that for Evan Turner. And uh, 
they played Evan Turner for a little bit, and then they put in Jake Lehman for like a minute or two, and then they pulled him out of the game and brought in Evan Turner as soon as Jimmy Butler came in. And the guy I was sitting next to at the arena, he's like, why are they pulling Jake Lehman out already? And I was like, actually makes sense to me because Jake Lehman, you know, he can get it going on offense. He's not the best defender. I feel like if Jimmy Butler does one or two good things on Jake Lehman, Jake Lehman's, you know, confidence is just going to be shot. So I heard in the post game that Stotts did say like, oh yeah, I, I was putting Evan Turner in there. We needed him on defense against Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler went like two for 12 to start the game. So it definitely helped out. Oh, I think that's the entire game. He was two for 12. So yeah, I mean, definitely helped out to have that lineup. It started the game off on the right foot. Ben Simmons was really getting on my nerves that game. He was like pushing Dame around and was like, dude, like just because you're 6'10 doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. Yeah, he's he doesn't really strike me as a very classy player, just from yeah. what I've what I've seen. I mean, anyone who dates a Kardashian is like, come on, dude. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, he's he's. I mean, we had twenty nine point. We had a twenty nine point halftime lead. So I mean, that game, I was. I'm pretty sure I was just like after the half, I was kind of just not even. I was kind of in and out. You know, CJ was on fire, and so thus my fantasy team is. Uh, thrived. I'm now 500. At one point, I was one and four. Now I'm 500, five and five. I see you and I are both. You and I are both kind of in the right around there. But you're. Yeah. I think you're a little bit higher up in your in your. Conference. No, I think you got one on me. Well, uh, really? I think I'm last in my conference. Honestly, I think it's like. Oh really? Everyone's like one or two games ahead of me, and then for you, I think things are more spread out. I don't know. Things are pretty. Things are pretty tight though overall in our fantasy yeah. league. Yeah. There's no. There's fun. no clear cut. There's no clear cut dog right now. What sucks for me, I have Will Barton, and Will Barton is out. He's been out basically all season. And they were saying, oh, he's about to come back. That was like three weeks ago, so I picked him up, and he still hasn't come back. It's crazy. And now they're saying Gary Harris is probably going to come back before him. Gary Harris got injured after they said Will Barton's about to come back. Like, what the heck? Jeez. It's crazy. Well, you know, a good, a good little segue here is um, one of my main guys is Marvin Bagley, who was really putting up numbers for me. Fantasy wise, uh, now he's been out for a couple weeks. He had some knee or some, I think it's a knee injury or something. He'll be back here in the next two weeks, I think. But um, speaking of his squad, Sacramento, who we played last night, you know, with over overtime win, our third and most recent overtime win. So one thirteen to one oh eight. Nurk with the like you said, the twenty twenty five by five, twenty four points, twenty three rebounds, seven assists, five steals, five blocks. The first player in NBA history to do it. What do you think? That was just amazing. I mean, I was watching that game, and toward the end, the Kings had the lead, and Dame was struggling. He had the flu, I believe, um, so it was like the Dame Lillard flu game. And I honestly told my dad, because <laughs> Seth Curry and CJ both had been doing well at the half. It was like Seth, CJ, and Nurk all had 15 points or something like that. I was like, well, I mean, if Dame's not feeling well and he's missing shots, I mean, I'd be cool if they put Seth Curry in. Like, obviously, I'll... I'll take Damian Lillard playing and we lose, you know, that that's fine. I'll live and die by Damian Lillard. But um, if he's not feeling good, like, sure, put Seth Curry in. And then right after I said that, Dame just went on a tear to finish off the fourth quarter and send it to overtime. Yo, yeah. That, it was... That's what I, That's exactly what I said to my girlfriend, too. She was watching it, and we were down. I was really kind of being negative. And then finally when we were kind of just within, I think, seven points or so down the stretch, I was like, you know, don't count us out, like, we still have three minutes, and we still have Damian Lillard. Like, even though he's sick, I go. He had fifteen at the half, or some, or was like fifteen at, uh, 
the end of regulation or something, I think. And he mm. ended up with 25 or something. He, had, he ended up scoring at least like 10 or something in overtime. But I said, don't count, don't count us out. You know, we, we still have time. And sure enough, you know, um, we're still undefeated when Seth uh, scores nine or more points. I think it was. I tweeted that. Yeah. So I think we're. I think it was seven and zero that was displayed during the game. So I think now we're eight and zero and Seth scores nine or more. Um, so awesome. that stat. I thought about it even earlier. That stat will still ring true even if someone beats us up to when Seth scores. Well, some of those numbers are a little bit more, um, but. I'm not sure. Um, the average is probably already the minimum. But, um, you know, Dame had ended up with 25, so he really had to have just been clutch. And um, he, the two, his overtime scoring is not just these uh, romantic step-back threes that we so commonly see in highlights. He had two legendarily fast uh, ISO just right to the rack. Like, yeah. just, and just blow-bys. Just, he was just so fast, man. He, um yeah. It's it's truly it's it's truly shocking. Nurk had three huge uh, three of those blocks were down the stretch. I yeah, think like on, in the fourth. Um, yeah, what what what's his name? Collie Stein. He, yeah. he went to the oh, rack. Yeah. He, he he tried to go down the lane like two or three times. And Nurk it was, was just dominating him. It was crazy. He's just like swatting it away so easily. Like it wasn't even like he was nowhere near the guy's hands. It was crazy. Child's play. It was child's play. It was amazing. He's just dominating out there absolutely and he, he's been playing well for the last couple of weeks i mean he played well against golden state he you know continues to get a lot of assists at the beginning of games he ended with uh, seven assists in that game so he was close to a triple double it was just insane how well he played that game gosh for sure well so overall yeah we went six and three like you said and it was a it was a good little run here since we last recorded so we're yeah. definitely on the up and ups that this is a positive a positive recap yeah, and those those three games were against the Warriors after we beat them, um, and they were against the Jazz in two games, and unfortunately one of them was a blowout. Um, so that that's the big, the big loss of this streak was that blowout at home. But you know we lost a understandable game on Christmas, and we lost a game to the Warriors. Not a big deal. Um, so yeah, just seems like things have been flip-flopping every episode where one episode oh the blazers are playing terrible oh the blazers are playing great this is one of those the blazers are playing great episodes um so i'm feeling pretty high on them they're three and a half games out of first place which seems like i've been saying that for months now um so they're still right there in the western conference um but the next thing we want to talk about are some great stat lines in recent blazer history so nurk had potentially the best stat line i mean maybe even in blazer history but in in recent blazer history he had an amazing stat line um beautiful it was beautiful like just insane like and it covered everything like i'm always whenever i play 2k i always try to get a triple double or a five by five those are the things i'm always trying for i've gotten a couple triple doubles i've never gotten a five by five with a single player so that's just awesome to do it in real life oh my gosh yeah can't even imagine. Truly decent, and you know what? Here's here's the truly unspoken for part of that statistic. First of all, I want to see how how little turnovers he had as well. Um, I'm curious about that. I haven't looked into that, but just not fouling. That's an yeah. overtime game. Do you know how much? Do you know how much production that is for somebody to not foul out of the game if you're the third heaviest NBA player? Yeah. That's it's ridiculous. It's crazy, that's, especially that's, when you... that's not that's not. That's not Kevin Durant or LeBron James, crazy athletic, 
some of the like built for basketball bodies. That this man is the third heaviest NBA player, and he's like a still in the inception, rather you know, relatively in, inception of his career. And he just had a statistic that nobody, not even Wilt Chamberlain, attained in their yeah. career. Yeah, it's crazy. unbelievable. It's just, it's awesome to see. I mean, I talk a lot about Nurk being lazy and kind of just throwing stuff up. If we get, you know, I mean, half half of his stat line last night is a great game from Yusuf Nurkic. 12 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. That's a great game from Nurk. He had two great games in one. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So, I mean, if we get, you know, 80-90% of that effort, or we get that amount of effort... For certain periods of certain games, I mean that—that's all we need from Nurk. That's all I mean. we need for all 2019. Uh yeah. <laughs> that's the best way to start off the year. If you would have told me Nurk starts the year off with a 2025 by five, I would have said, "Hot damn!" Yeah. It was just crazy. So, some other great stat lines in recent Blazer history. I want to know what the listeners are thinking. What are what are some of the best stat lines that you guys remember because for me the biggest ones i think of are three of them are lamarcus aldridge unfortunately um but all three of those are against the rockets two of them are the first two games against the rockets in that playoff series where dame hit the game winner and that's when lamarcus in houston went 46 and 18 and then 43-8. and eight. He had 89 points. I looked it up. It's the most in the first two games of, of a playoff series other than Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson, Jerry West, and uh, one more. Who, who was it? Shoot. T-Mac. Tracy McGrady. That was That's... the only four other players to get 89 points or more in the first two games of a playoff series. He those was just were, those absolutely were filthy. Dominant. I remember watching those games. They were filthy. That, that was, was really what made me... I was a Blazers fan being from Portland. I mean, that's our, our only professional basketball team. But, like, and I followed the Blazers still even then almost every national game. But, like, watching those playoff series and watching Marcus Aldridge do that, I was like, this is this is hands down my favorite sport. Like, oh, yeah. That, that was what made me really get icy on 2K with post players on offense. So if yeah. anyone's out there that's already gotten to work. FYI, anybody that wants to see me, um, it's AK47, no big deal, Xbox Live. I just got 2K19. You can get it anytime, any place. Oh, wait. I have 2K19 on Xbox Live. Sounds like I should be playing 2K against you. Oh, goodness. It's going oh, goodness. down. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, uh, I guess stay tuned, you guys. We'll have uh, some results for you uh, next show for <laughs> sure. That's definitely a good cliffhanger. We need to find a way to stream it. We need to stream it. Let everyone know oh, my goodness. on Twitter. That's what we're doing. I'll, I'll Twitch hands. stream it. We'll create a Twitch. So speaking of handles, you can find us on any major streaming platform, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor FM. Um, I think there's some other ones. It's like Stitch or something. I don't know. Just If you Google us, Google Peeps and Plaid, you'll find us on pretty much any major platform you'll need to find us on. Um, we're oh, going to probably try to create a Twitch or uh, something and... Um, I, I think I already have a Twitch, so maybe I'll just post the link to our Peeps and Plaid account, and you guys can check out this uh, soon-to-come 2K matchup. Oh, yeah. That'd be amazing. Okay, we'll talk more about that. Anywho, um, <laughs> so those stat lines from Aldridge were amazing, 46 and 18 especially. 
But then he had an amazing one. I was at this game, and it blew my dang mind. Again against the Rockets, against Dwight Howard again. Aldridge had 31 points and 25 rebounds. First time in franchise history anyone had 30-25. It was just crazy. It's like, how do you even get that many rebounds and still be that dominant on offense, too? And I don't remember what Dwight Howard had. I need to look up that game. Because Dwight Howard was doing amazing, too. He was like setting records for the Rockets too. It was ridiculous. Yeah, you know, and, and sorry, I wasn't trying to hopefully close that too early uh, for us, but, um, you know, a couple stats that I was thinking of when you were mentioning that was, you know, clearly one of my favorite ones here as of recent and maybe not quite as impressive skill, skill-wise or uh, in regards to Blazer wins, but CJ setting the record for miles run on the court is like in consecutive years was that's that's pretty impressive to me. Uh, yeah. Just like total total miles ran on or off ball, I think on the NBA, uh, a floor has has been exceedingly him in, in recent years, in consecutive recent years. Um, so that's that's impressive to me. Um, and then Dame, I think a year or two ago, he had those consecutive games with cons- free throws, uh, consecutive free throws made. I think wasn't it like he was exceeding like 50 some odd games i believe i i'm not sure but it was in recent years but i remember watching the game where he biffed it and he finally missed one but him just as a career free throw shooter is that's i'm sure he's already um set records as for the blazers if not uh for uh guards in his year uh, or, or players in his year um for free throw uh percentage if not free throws made and, and whatnot so He's, yeah. th- those are those are two that just kind of jump out to me and just not even really having prepared. Yeah. So, shoot, I'm trying to find this online. Oh, here it is. Game one, Blazers against Warriors, 2017. This game, where is it? Yes. This was one of my favorite stat lines because I was watching that game and it was like, our bench was doing nothing. The rest of our starters were doing nothing. Dame and CJ were just going off. So the biggest thing was CJ McCollum. This is against the Warriors. You know, they just coming off uh, the year before when they had the best record in the league and then they lost the championships. So you know they want to win every single uh, playoff game. And um, CJ McCollum had 41 points, 8 rebounds, he was 16 for 28, 57% shooting. That was just crazy to me. And Damian Lillard was, had 34 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists on 46%. But the rest of the team was just stinking it up. Blazers still lost that game, but CJ was just going off in that one. That was one of the best games to watch for me. And, you know, the 41 points definitely backs that up. Um, yeah. One of the... He has, he's had some games, man. Yeah. And uh, another thing that was crazy to me this is CJ and Dame. Remember when it was like two weeks apart, like last year, when Dame and CJ both had 50 points in three quarters? Yes, yes, I do. That, that was, was ridiculous. It was like, yeah. and then they benched him, and it's like, I wonder how many points they would have gotten. They would have beaten it was, and then the, the statistic record. that I remember coming out after that was that the only the only backcourt or players pair of players to do that in recent history were. Clay and, and Steph in the 15 16 year. Yeah. Um, and then before that, it was like hadn't happened since like the early 90s or something. Yeah. It was just crazy. And and for yeah. both of them, it was within three quarters. And um, just two more stat lines that were crazy. Um, 
One is just, I haven't even looked it up because all I know is the points. When Dame hit the franchise record for points against the Utah Jazz, that's just awesome. I mean, the franchise has been around since 1970, and Dame, our current player, has the points record, so that's really cool. And then um, one of the greatest games I ever watched was, I think this was 2014 or 2015. I looked it up earlier today. Damien was just on a tear. This is like essentially the origin of Lillard time. Um, Actually, it might have been after the Rockets game, so Rockets game was definitely right there. But triple overtime against the Spurs. Dame played 53 minutes. He had 43 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, The stat line wasn't right. wasn't quite there. I mean, 43 points is awesome. I mean, just like with CJ, 41 against the Warriors, but... Dame was just tearing it up that game. It's like fourth quarter hit, and he's like, okay, we need to win this. It was just amazing. I, I need to look that up and watch that game over again somehow. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I'll have to uh, I'll have to look that. You'll have to shoot me a link on that one. My my, my, my memory is uh, escaping me right now. So. Oh, yeah. Um, Dude, It's that was just insane. To, to everyone listening, all two of you and me over and over again, uh, <laughs> um look into that game because that game was insane that game i still remember like after it happened i was like oh my gosh this game is amazing triple overtime damian lillard killed now all i remember is damian lillard triple overtime against the spurs and that's enough to to kickstart it i mean it was probably the second greatest game that i watched from an individual player other than when nate robinson he was on the bulls in the playoffs against the nets he led them to a triple overtime win, and it was just ridiculous. Look that one up, too. Oh, my gosh. It was, like, probably 2013. But Nate Robinson on the Bulls absolutely destroyed. I feel like I remember, I remember sitting and, and watching that on SportsCenter late one night. I remember when I was just kind of diving into it. So I was kind of a late arrival in terms of, yeah. in terms of N- NBA fandom. But, yeah, I think I, I think I remember that Nate Rob game for sure. Dude, it was crazy. So, yeah, anyway... Sorry, yeah, the, not necessarily the most thought-out stat lines, but those are some of the great games in Blazer history that I can remember and some of the really good stat lines. So if the listeners, if you guys have any awesome stat lines in the last five years or so, definitely let us know. Um, I want to look into some of those great games. Um, but yeah, anything else you wanted to talk about, Austin? No, I think I pretty much covered uh, all the stuff I wrote down. I just really wanted to uh, address some of those uh, stat lines during the games that uh, had lapsed since since uh, we had last uh, talked with the, our listeners here. And um, I guess I guess now we'll have that game to look forward between you and I on on two K. I just cracked it open and installed it on my Xbox, so I'm looking forward to checking it out. I was pretty much getting burnt out on two K eighteen, so now I'm <laughs> I'm upgraded, baby. All right, sounds good, man. Thanks for listening to episode 9 of the Peeps and Plaid podcast. We'll hit you up in a couple more weeks. Here's an outro by Zicky Z. Check him out on Spotify. Yeah, we run it up to the max. Running straight ahead, we ain't never looking back. They try to tell me it's the road like I'm Jack. But I ain't never leaving, trying to put us on the map. So we run it, yeah, we run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. We run it up, run it, run it, run it. We turn it up, yeah, we turn it to the crank okay. Fly a little Robin and we in that Bruce Wayne Boat, boat into the bag like the name
miss nah. Still shooting shots and if I miss no moves swings Got a gift and I'ma use it step by step I got the blueprint to success I thought you knew it You was next and now you blew it Talk cream I got the cool if I'm the teacher You the student you gonna ask why is this rap I speak it fluent Ain't no miscues or issues Change if I diss you You gonna come at me just know nobody gonna miss you Ain't no miscues or issues Change if I diss you You gonna come at me just know nobody gonna miss you nah. Yeah we run it up to the max Running straight ahead we ain't never looking back They try to tell me it's the road like I'm Jack But I ain't never leaving trying to put us on the